welcome to the Bold Dreamer podcast. I am your host, Christina Baranowski, and first and foremost, I am so excited that you're here. This podcast has been a long time coming. It has been on my heart for years, and for anybody that knows me in my personal life, if anything is on my heart for too long, it eventually comes out, and it's actually shocking that it was on my heart for this long. I have been putting it off and putting it off for one reason or another. You know, you feel like you can't do it or you're an imposter or the people that have podcasts are have like a special something, which they totally do. And it's so easy to feel like you don't have that. And it was so easy for me to feel like I don't have that. And it was excuse after excuse of why I don't want to start this or why I can't start it or why it's not the right time. And that is the exact opposite of the premise of this show. So it was time to finally get a mic, figure out the technology behind a podcast, because that was like one of the biggest uh, endeavors, I guess, for me to figure out and get this thing started. So the concept behind this podcast is really for I just love talking to people about what they're doing and it is for you to get inspired. I know that sounds so cliche, but it's so true. And I'm going to have women on this podcast who are chasing dreams, whether they're businesses or just like a lifestyle that they've been dreaming about their entire life and going against a lot of times all odds are against us and they're running against these odds and chasing what they want because, because I want it and that's it. And I think that's amazing and needs to be celebrated. And that it's, yeah, that's what we're doing. So this podcast is really for the women out there chasing their dreams, regardless of their life circumstances or what their life looks like right now. And they're finding ways to figure it out. And we will chat business and real life and what it's actually like living inside of your passion. Because honestly, it's usually really messy. There's a lot of tears. There's a lot of, I can't do this. There's a lot of, there's no way this is going to work but it's pushing past that and making it work and finding a way to cultivate what you've been dreaming about. And we will discuss all these things, obviously, while having a really damn good time. And yeah, bring your adaptogenic coffee, have a seat with us at the table. And my biggest hope for this is that you leave these conversations newly inspired, more inspired, so inspired, and confident F in your own dreams. So this first episode will be a solo app for me and my story and how I got here and why I think I can sit and talk about business, especially the hardships of it, and kind of give you a little insight into who I am and my story. So let's get into it. Okay. So my story, honestly, it's one of those things that I feel like, where do I even start? It has, my adult life has been crazy, honestly. And, oh wait, I want to first start every episode. You'll see every episode. I will be asking people 
what's your favorite way to take your coffee? So I have to share this with you first for me. Currently, I am drinking a large iced coffee out of a giant mason jar with some homemade cold foam on top. I love using the Nut Pods Toasted Marshmallow Creamer. Sounds crazy, but it's the best. And I use the little aerator and whip that up and pour that on top. And I am happy as a clam for hours. So that is my coffee drink. And I feel like that was really important for me to share with you. So my story, what am I doing? How did I get here? Right now, I own, founded, if you want to call me the CEO, I guess we can do that, of a company called Orchid and Ash. It is a almost an accidental business. At, like honestly, all my businesses have been accidental. Everything I've done has started with just like picking up a hobby, kind of either out of boredom or frustration. And Orchid and Ash is rooted in natural, clean products. There is a line of all natural candles. I mean, all natural, none of the nasty chemicals that you find in, you know, places that rhyme with schmargit, uh, in those candles. <laughs> so I have natural candles, natural room and linen sprays and all the same scents as the candles. I have recently launched a 100% non-toxic perfume line. We are moving into the beauty space and it has just been an adventure. It is a completely heart-led business. I am obsessed with everything. I love it so much. And I'm honestly just having a really great time watching it turn into whatever it is that it is turning into. I started that business in the fall of 2020 and it started as a online boutique. And that is a story that I'm sure will come out and um, be touched on as this series goes on and how I got from point A to point B. And it's always so interesting to hear how people start with one concept and it morphs into another. But all the things leading up to Orchid and Ash, which I really, truly, honestly feel like is my purpose. It is my dream right now. And for the people that know me in real life, you might be LOLing with me when I say right now, because I have a tendency to do one thing, switch, go to another. But my entrepreneurial journey started, God, I'm aging myself, 12 years ago, honestly, really when I graduated college. And I have an economics degree from NYU. And all the plans were be a CEO. Oh, not a CEO. Well, you know, maybe, but be a CFO get on Wall Street, work for an investment banking firm, work for a huge company and run their finances and be that HBIC. And that was the dream all through college. And I feel like as a lot of us do, we kind of get into what we thought was the dream. And it's like the entire world comes crashing down and you're just like, what have I done? And that was exactly what happened to me. 
I got a great finance job right out of college. It was uh, an accounting job at a pretty cool media, I guess, marketing company. And it was really what I thought was the dream. And I was on cloud nine for, we'll say a few months. And things really, really started going downhill fast. And I've, I, on top of realizing that that work was really, really boring to me, I just like data entry and contracts and accounting in that sense are not it for me personally. So on top of that, I was working as a 22 year old new grad, bushy eyed female in a group of men. Just like I can leave it at that. And honestly, I probably don't even have to say a whole lot more. And your imagination will take you to what happened to me while I was there. So on top of really knowing that accounting was not what was my long game, I was constantly day in and day out the I don't like to use the word victim, but I was, I guess, the victim of what you want to call sexual harassment, harassment just because I was a female in a group of these men. And I was doing a good job. I was getting the raises and I was getting the praise from the CFO that I always thought I wanted to be. And on top of them not liking that, of me coming in as the new kid and getting recognition, I was belittled. I was, I got the highest, I remember I got the highest review that you could ever get in like the, whatever those quarterly reviews are. And I, I mean, they were just like, you couldn't be doing a better job. And by the next time I got the review, my bosses directly above me gave me the lowest that you could get. And on top of that, I was getting comments about, you know, the way my ass looked in my pants. This is from people that are like my senior directors. And I was like, what is this? This is terrible. I need to leave. And I'd I'd go home at night and I'm like, what will calm me down? And that really was in the form of yoga and baking cupcakes. There really was no in-between such random things, but I decided to pick up baking. I'm not sure where that came from, but I would come home and try to make the perfect cupcake. And I was, you know, too much flour in one, made a few hockey pucks. Like I was making icing with shortening, gross. And they were terrible, but I was like, I'm going to make this really good. And every night I'd come home and I'd measure out the ingredients and I had a notebook and I finally made the best freaking cupcake I'd ever eaten. And in that moment, I was like, that's it. I'm opening a bakery. And my parents were like, please do not do this. Don't, don't do it. Like you have this amazing degree, use it. Like we promise corporate America is not the way that you think it is. And I was like, yeah, right. I'm out. And I put together. So this is where I guess my economics degree really came in handy. I knew the importance of a business plan. And, you know, I was 23, 24 at the time and I didn't have a ton of money. Like I'm basically was probably had zero and I put together this business plan 
45 pages, mind you, business plan of how I was going to make money off selling cupcakes. In a tiny town, I found a space. It was available. And I will never forget. I was so, I don't even know if I was confident, but it was, I knew I had to get the money from somewhere because I had to do renovations and get ovens and refrigerators and work tables and big mixers. And I put all this together and I walked my happy ass into a bank of America. <laughs> Literally, I made an appointment with bank of America and I walked in there with a business plan of how I thought I was going to make a living off cupcakes. And they were basically like, Oh wow, this is really cute, but you're going to have to call someone else. And I walked out and I was like, dang, okay, well, this might be a little harder than expected. So I actually found another bank, a tiny bank, and they funded a ton of local businesses. And I walked that business plan in there and I sat at this big table with these like businessmen. I'm sure I was in some form of like a slipper and jeans and a sweater, big sweater, if you know me, like if it doubles as a blanket, I want it on my body. And I walked in there with this business plan and just so happens, talk about kismet and fate and serendipity or whatever you want to call it. The president of this bank lived in the tiny town of the place that I wanted to open this bakery. And he was like, I get it. I get it. The people in this town, if they don't have to leave for something great, and they can get it on their, you know, the next street over, they're going to shop there. I get it. And they're like, okay, we'll give you the money. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> this is only the second place I went to. And this isn't the norm. This isn't the norm. And I get that. But it was just, I can't imagine that it was a mistake that even though the bakery ended up not being my forever job. It was such an integral part of my story. And and these things cannot be denied. So I, I remember leaving and I called my mom and dad and I was like, holy shit, they're going to give me the money. And that was that. I hired contractors. I leased out the space. I worked with the county and got the kitchen the way I wanted it to look. And, you know, they built it out and I was working on a line of credit. Max that out real fast. But nonetheless, it got me that shop. And I owned a bakery for five years after exiting corporate America. I feel like that's a pretty typical, like, go to corporate America, finance, hate it, start baking croissants, cupcakes, whatever it is. So I did that for five years and I opened the shop when I was 25 and actually was able to sell it right before my 30th birthday. I decided to sell it because anybody that's worked in any restaurant or service industry, especially being the owner, like the hours are endless. I got so sick. I was not only was I missing life and Oh God, I, I was just, I was getting sad. I loved what I was doing and I never had a day like, oh my God, I wish I don't have to go into work, which we've all had. And I had every freaking day at my finance job, but I was losing my hair in patches. Like the side of my head was bald. 
I was so inflamed. I was not sleeping. I was getting to work Saturday, Sunday, every day, four, five. Sometimes I'd sleep in and roll in to work at 6.30 before I opened at seven because I could not physically get up anymore. And I really threw my body into an autoimmune flare for years. And I, there came a point where I was like, this can't be it. I I'm living what I thought was my dream and it's quite literally killing me. I am missing weddings. I'm missing holidays. I miss my family. I miss my friends. I've, I, I miss everything. And on top of that, I'm so sick. I'm so sick. I mean, I have pictures and my face was gray and I just, I actually last night, you know how iPhone has those memories that pop up. I had a memory pop up and I was sitting with my fiance and I was like, oh my God, look at my hair pulled back here. And even though I had balding spots, I get alopecia areata, which is portions of your hair fall out in clumps and you get bald, literally patches on your scalp. And I didn't even realize until this picture popped up last night, I had, I was sitting on the couch and my hair was pulled back and my entire hairline was different. And that's just the function of stress. And I, I got really into holistic health, trying to heal myself. I went to a few Western doctors. They gave me a few pills and I was like, all right, this is not it. It's not working. And I got really, really into holistic health and it got to the point that I realized the shop, not only was it not good for my physical body, but it was no longer aligned with my spiritual self and my authentic self. And, you know, I, I love juice and I love arugula and I love beets and I don't eat gluten. And I was making and serving gluten every day. And I just, it was so hard to admit, but I knew in my heart I was done. So I, again, in a great stroke of luck, was really, really lucky, decided I wanted to sell this shop. And it had to have been within six months, if even that. It was sold, contract signed, sealed, delivered. I walked out of the shop, I took my sign down, and I did not look back. And I ended up selling it, which should have set me up with an incredible nest egg for the next three years while I figured out what was next. I knew I wanted to start another business and having the freedom of getting paid from my old business was a dream come true. I could figure out what I wanted to do and not have to worry about where is my dollar coming from? Like, All my business owners know like there's slow weeks and those weeks are freaking scary. And you're literally looking at your checking account and sometimes there's 33 cents in there. Sometimes there's negative $200. It happens. And not having to worry about that was just such a relief. Well, joke's on me. And I sold this shop and... I got a paycheck from it mm, two or three times, not even on time. 
And then the payments just stopped, just stopped. So I'm four months out. I had just sold my job to somebody and I, I did pick up a part-time job and I, because I was like, you know what, if I can double dip for a while, why not? Like, there's no reason I can't be doing multiple things at once. I'm not like planning on sitting around and, and doing nothing and just collecting a check until they stop. I, I was actually working, um, at a nutritionist office because that I had really gotten into that holistic health and I was like, I need to be aligned with myself. So it's not like I wasn't working, but the checks stopped. Mind you, I was supposed to get a check that was essentially a full salary's worth of money every month for three years. So the first month it was like, okay, let me work with you guys. I get it. Like bakeries can be slow, but we were getting into the fall. And I was like, no, like these are the busiest months. Like what is going on? But I tried to give them some grace and I was like, you know what? I get it. I've been there. It's hard. It's hard. You know, it takes a little bit to get it off the ground and running, even though I had sold them a business that was thriving and, and revenue was increasing 45% year over year. I mean, that's what they got from me, but who knows? It's, it's a lot of work and maybe they didn't realize that, but the check stopped. The important thing is I was like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? So I tried working with them a few months and, you know, I'd send an invoice with like a little late fee. And then I finally realized it's not coming. The money's not coming. I mean, I, it had to have been a four month period maybe that I had not gotten paid. So I had to hire a lawyer and Long story short, without going into the really ugly and nitty gritty of it, I mean, this tore me apart. It it basically threw me into, I felt like I was mourning the loss of a person. That shop was my baby. It was my heart and soul for the last six years. It was my livelihood. I was so proud of it, but I knew I had to walk away from it. But still, I was so proud of it and I was so at peace with selling it. But the fact that it was now making my life quite literally a living hell tore me apart. I mean, God bless my parents because they were who I was calling. You know, I I came out of this a single person and it was just me like trying to live off of after selling my entire life to somebody And, you know, I had no money and I hired this lawyer and I fought to get what was mine. And as you can imagine, the lawyer, like the, I hate to say it this way because it's like kind of embarrassing to me, but what should have set me up for quite literally the rest of my life put me into it a massive amount of debt. I mean, I'm talking in the tens of thousands of dollars. Lawyers are not fee. We're running at what? $485 an hour. And I'm emailing and calling and, and, um, serving people and rewriting contracts and trying to give them a break and settling and all this stuff, just trying to make it work, maybe scrounge up a few 
pennies of what was mine. And I tried to be understanding and looking back, honestly, I should have been more aggressive than I was, but you, it's so hard to, to do these things in the moment. And I just tried to recoup what I could at that point. It was like, fine, I'm not going to get it all, but like, give me something. And they were running from me and not wanting to pay me. And we finally ended up settling on a fraction of what I owed. What we settled on basically paid for almost the lawyer fees. So I was out a ton of money. Learning experience. That's what we file this under. And maybe from an energetic standpoint, I feel like I was able to finally start this and put my story out there because this month, this month, five years to the month I sold this shop, I got my last settlement payment from them. I mean, we were just a few hundred bucks a month. And every single month I had to like text, hey, payments due. Hey, you still owe me money. And unless I texted them and asked for that money, I wouldn't get it. All that to say, yes, it was trying. Yes, I was a disaster for a lot of that time. Yes, I think my fiance could go the rest of his entire life and honestly, probably my family without hearing another word about the bakery. But it is so, it was such an integral part of my story for so many reasons. And I think looking back as hard as it was on me and as hard as it was on everybody around me, I would not take back what happened for anything because that makes me sound like a crazy person. I know that, but I would not take it back because for this entire five years of what's next, I sold my business. I've done corporate America. I've held odd jobs. I've done part-time and full-time and remote jobs and all while figuring out what is next because I was never able to get comfortable. I never could stop chasing and fighting for finding what was next. And in that time, all while I'm trying to recoup my money from the shop, you know, I had a few partnership businesses, which were so fun and amazing, but it's hard like COVID hit and Things don't always work out and that's fine, but it's like, I have to look at everything as a stepping stone and the shop was a stepping stone and being robbed of everything that was mine was a, a really crazy stepping stone, but it was a stepping stone and these partnership businesses that dissolved for one reason or another, like they were stepping stones. And I'm so grateful for them because I, they all, they kept me fighting. They kept me searching and they kept me from getting complacent and going back to corporate America. And I know corporate America is amazing for some people, but I know that it's not for me. And 
if I ended up back there, I would be selling myself short from the things that I really want to do. So it just kept me on this path of dig your heels in a little deeper. How can you create, okay, you left this shop because gluten and sugar and baked goods and all of this are not authentic to you. Who is Christina? Who is she? And I always say to people, like, I envy the kids that knew who they were from the time that they were 15, 16. I feel like I probably really got a good sense of self, maybe 30, 31. And I always had been trying to fight and put in this, how do I combine my love for business. Like, yes, I have this econ degree and it's not meant to be plugging and chugging numbers, but I love numbers and I love a good Excel spreadsheet and like, let me sort it out like that and plan it out and give me a list and let me add up all the numbers and let me project, you know, what are my sales going to be next year? What, what can I realistically do next month? What are my year over year returns? Like I love it. I love it. And I have obviously a deep love for business, like the logistics of it, product development, like, Oh God, love it. And if anybody that follows along with Orchid and Ash, you probably see that like it started out as candles. I was pouring candles during COVID and I had a freaking plethora of them like in my little apartment. And I was like, I need to sell these on Etsy, get some out of this house. And it snowballed. And anybody, I keep saying this, but anybody that knows me has seen it time and time again. I start something, I got a hobby, and it snowballs. And I go with it. And Orchid and Ash has turned into this really beautiful collection of all these products that have just brought me so much joy creating. And I always, I didn't think I'd be able to find something that combined my love for holistic health and business and creating all in one. I did it. I did not know what that looked like until last year. Like I said, Orchid and I started out as a boutique shop. So I'm, I'm, I'm bouncing all over the place here, but I, I do that. I do that. That's me. I'm a little chaotic. I am an Aries sun, Gemini rising. The thoughts are all over. The ideas are all over and it just comes out like that. So I apologize, but this is me. And so basically what started Orchid and Ash and where I am now was after all this fighting, basically accepting the fact that I was not going to get paid for my bakery. I could not ride on that nest egg or that idea of that nest egg anymore. I had to either a go back and find a job in corporate America that would pay me so I could pay this debt off and obviously maintain a life or I could throw a Hail Mary and try to start another business. Obviously, I threw the Hail Mary. And I remember I it was in 2020, it was probably August or September. 
And I got this idea and I was like, all right, we're all on lockdown. I can't like go get another brick and mortar. And two, I don't want another brick and mortar because that almost killed me the first time. What can I do? And I got this idea that just, it wouldn't let me sleep. And I was like, I want to create something that gives women money, supports other women, but also supports me. Okay. Like we need to be real as much as I want to do all the things for all the people, like we need to take care of ourselves and I have to take care of me. So I pulled out a credit card. I think it was, you know, the last of my money. And I ordered a shit ton of inventory off of, you know, I made my LLC. I got my tax ID. I did all the things that you need to do um, to have another business. And at this point in my life, I think I've had three different LLCs. And I finally decided to just open an umbrella LLC. And anything that I want to do from here on out, I can just be a leg of this. So I finally opened Christina Baranowski LLC. And now anything that I want to do can just be in that family. It makes it a lot easier. So I opened this and and I got approved to be a retailer. I made a website on uh, this platform that has a bunch of different brands. And I ordered so much inventory and I was like, I'm going to open a boutique. All right. Inventory from women-owned, sustainable, eco-conscious businesses. Done. Easy. It's work smarter, not harder. They're making the products. I'm just selling them. And I did that and it worked and I'm shocked it worked, but it worked until August of 2022. So my fiance is in the military and I was doing all of this out of Virginia and we found out we were moving to California Moving inventory is hard enough as it is, but I was like, how can I make this a sustainable business for this lifestyle? And I made a really scary decision to completely change the business plan of Orchid and Ash and really double down and make it my own brand. So when we moved, I had a massive sale. I sold all the inventory that I had. I was blankets and towels. And I mean, really beautiful things. I really, really loved, but I had this moment that I was like, okay, it's time to believe in yourself again. Like you are capable. You've done it before. You made a whole bakery out of that first hockey puck cupcake. I have a picture of it somewhere. I'm going to have to post it. It was bad. You made a whole bakery out of that first hockey puck cupcake you can do it again. So I decided that I was going to stop selling all these other products. And really I was doing candles at the time and, and I tried to, tried to make it make sense. And I called them my anchor product. And I was like, okay, I'll do these candles and, and see what else comes with it. But I want to do natural products, clean products, sustainable products, sustainable packaging, renewable sources, like all these things and still support other women. How am I going to do that? What the heck am I doing? So I sold all that inventory. We got to California and the vision has slowly, but surely been coming to life. And that is 
orchid and ash, I really truly see it as this well-rounded, clean lifestyle brand. You want skincare? You'll be able to get it. I mean, not yet, but we're working on it. You want perfume? Got it. You want something for the home? Got it. And you can always trust it's clean and you can trust that it's sustainable and recyclable and all these things that really align with my values. And I'm so much more working on my own terms and using everything from the past to make sure I don't get sick again. And when I do get sick, I know how to course correct and take it easy. Like, okay, it's two o'clock in the afternoon and you've worked 12 days straight and you're exhausted. Guess what? I'm taking a nap. Like, it is what it is. And I'm so glad I can do that. But then I get back up and I'll, you know, sometimes I'm pouring and packing orders on, on Saturday morning. And I love that. And, but then there was still the concept of, I want this business to matter. So yes, it matters because it protects our health. Like you can have these really luxury products and, and they're not harming you, which so many are like chemicals and all that nasty stuff. So I, one of the, uh, partnerships that I was working on in COVID, we were doing a little bit of a give back situation. We were making like t-shirts and, and, uh, tank tops and all these things. And each, a portion of the sales would go back to these specific companies that that particular shirt was supporting. And I just love that idea of giving back in a capacity like that. So The namesake of this podcast actually is, so it's called the Bold Dreamer Podcast. And I decided that Orchid and Ash needed the Dream Bold Grant. And that is my way of being able to still support other women in business in a huge way way. And, you know, I'm still a teeny tiny business, so the grants aren't tens and thousands of dollars. But if I had somebody that could hand me $1,500 in the beginning of this journey, it would have been really helpful. So I came up with the Dream Bold Grant and every year Orchid and Ash will open applications and small businesses, whether they're established and they're looking to grow or they are just starting, it's an idea and they need a little bit of funding. There's applications open and every year we will grant a portion of our profits to a entrepreneur starting or ready to expand their journey. And that lights my heart up so much. And my hope is that between this podcast and the grant and people that I'm, I've connected with so many amazing people that Orchid and Ash and the Bold Dreamer and the Bold Dreamers and all of us become this community that lift each other up, help each other when we need it. Um, We can be there for each other. We can cheer each other on. We can give recs when we need it. And, you know, that is, where I see this going. And and now that everything with the shop, that chapter is finally closed literally as of like two weeks ago. Um, and it's so funny because I feel like a lot of people, when they know a payment is going to stop coming, dread it. And I've had this feeling in my gut for years 
that when this is all over, really the second part of my life is going to be able to begin. And I don't know why I felt that way, but it's so funny because I had like a little bit of a breakdown about having a business in the beginning of this month. And when that last payment came through, I swear the relief I felt leave my body, like the relief came over my body, the burden I felt left my body. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's done. And I felt a million pounds lighter. And lo and behold, call it energetics, manifestation. Since that last payment, I call it dirty money. Since that last dirty money hit my bank account and I know no other penny is going to come from that. Orchid and Nash has turned a corner that I did not even fathom it would turn in just a few weeks. I've gotten opportunities in retailers that I never thought I would see myself in. I've I've been compared to brands that, I mean, we, we know and see on shelves and like, I am having a hard time wrapping my head around it, but it's all coming through after I got that last payment. And I totally forget where I was going with this. And this is very common for me. But now that that chapter of my life is closed, I really feel like where I see Orchid and Ash going has literally become so clear. And it never really was. It was always kind of like, oh, what's this going to look like? How am I going to do this? And I'm just so grateful that I have this thing that I can now like run toward. And I have an idea of what I'm working on and I know where I want it to go. And I hope everybody that has touched an orchid and ash product and has burned it or used it or whatever feels and loves it as much as I do, because it really is such a personal thing and so much, so cliche, but like so much love is in those products. And And my entire story, like, God, talk about dramatic, but like my entire story is in those products. And I really hope everybody loves them. So anyways, here we are 40 minutes later and I want to end every episode of this podcast asking people what is their boldest dream right now? And I almost don't even know how to answer that for myself because I feel like it's coming in fruition, which is crazy. But if I had to decide and pick and choose what is my boldest dream right now, it's that I am able to cultivate a community like an empowering, supportive, badass community of women working towards their own dreams and not being afraid to help other people in theirs. I always say there is space for everyone. The candle market is the most saturated market of all the markets you could ever imagine, especially after COVID. If another candle maker is killing it, it does not mean that I also can't kill it. If any, you know, any space we're in that holds true. And I 
really hope that Orchid and Ash continues to evolve. My big dream right now is being able to also cultivate a team. And I see Orchid and Ash's operations running in my head day to day, like this hybrid warehouse office space with like a photography room and all these things. And that's just natural progression of a business. But the big, bold dream is the community. And I don't know how it's going to come about yet. I would love for it to be some kind of collective. I would love for a bunch of us to all have access and, and resources to each other from all different walks of life and connect people when we need it. But that's a little bit down the road. And that is the big, bold dream. So if you're still here, thank you so much for listening to my crazy story that has a million parts, but every little part has really, really brought me to where I am now. And I think it's important to understand my past to, I don't, I'm not asking for people to appreciate where I am, but to understand where I am right now. And I hope the way that I told this story makes it make sense for you. And the fact that you're here, like, it makes me nervous, but it also makes me so happy. And I hope that you have something you're working toward and you kind of feel like you can just go grab it and and go get it today. And, and I want to hear about it. So email me, DM me. Um, you can find us on Instagram at the bold dreamer podcast and yeah, DMS are always open and I'm sure the people listening to this first episode are people I know in my real life. So hi, hello, love you starting something else. And I'm so freaking glad you're here. Thank you for always supporting me and all my crazy love you to freaking pieces. <laughs>